Thank you, rock climbers. We'll see you later. Hey, just, just so you know, on that back row, we had our, our students came in and were worshiping with us in the music part of the service. Uh, just, I'll, I'll put this out there to the church. We need more help with our children. We're, we've got some things coming up that are going to bring, we're praying that God's going to bring just even, even more kids than he's already blessed us with. And we need the people to minister to them on Sunday. So if you're like, you know what, maybe I could help and you want to know more, would you come talk to me or call the church? I'd love to talk to you about ways in which you can help minister to and care for the, the kids that God entrusts us with. Um, my name is Will. If we didn't meet, I'm glad that you're here. Hey, here's, here's no, I'm not going to trick you and surprise. What, what my hope is, is we're going through the book of John. And part of the point of John is we're, we're reading about how Jesus met people. And when Jesus met people... He revealed himself to them, you know, like that he was God. He, he, he loved them. He cared for them. He rescued them. And in 2023, I got the right date, and it's only January. That's good, right? We're doing good. 2023, it still works that way. Jesus, through his people, who act as his body, um, and through his spirit's presence in people and around people, he is still meeting people, inviting them to follow him. And the whole point of John is that by reading this, studying this together, prayer, um, spending that time together, talking it out, that we might grow in our belief in God. So what I'm going to say to you today, I, I really hope that, it, that the Lord invests it in you and that wherever you're at, whether you're not so sure about this Jesus guy and what's real, or if you have been in the faith, as it were, for 40 years, okay, and everyone in between, um, I pray that, that the Lord will use. Let me just ask him, Lord, have your way. Use this. Guide us through this scripture. Uh, if, if you don't want me to go the direction I've planned, stop me, Lord, I pray. Amen. Okay, grab your Bibles, John 5. If you were with us before, we've been going through this interesting story, right? And it's about, it, it was about a man, right, who had been, he had been paralyzed. He, he was sitting by this pool, and the belief was the water would randomly st stir up in this pool, and they believed it was an angel from God stirring the water. And if you were the first person to get into that water, you would be healed. And so they had quite a group of people around this pool waiting for that water to be stirred so they could be placed in. Well, the problem is it was a Jewish culture around there, Jewish officials, and it was Saturday. And what's Saturday for the Jews? Sabbath. What, what are you supposed to do on, on Sabbath? Basically nothing, right? And the problem is Jesus goes to this man, and, and we've talked about it. We're like, wow, okay, why just this guy? There's a whole group of people sitting around this pool. Why, why that guy? Well, we'll talk more about that later. He goes to him, asks him if he wants to be healed, tells him to pick up his mat and walk. The man who hasn't walked in more than three decades gets up, right, and does that, walks, and the people are mostly not impressed that he's walking, but offended. One, that this man would have the audacity to do work, pick up his mat and walk. Okay? That's too much work for the Sabbath. And who is this dude that healed you on the Sabbath, and where does he come from? Right? So, so here is the problem, um, and that's kind of where we pick up. Now, before I go forward in that, I want to take you back to John 1, verses 1 through 5. Please know. I changed a couple of the words here. I know. Uh, 
in, in the uh, ESV version, that's where this comes from, it says the word. And where it says the word, we come to find out later in chapter 1, just down a few verses, that the word refers to Jesus. Okay? So I just put Jesus in there, so it's less confusing. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Okay, you see, that's kind of this back and forth. What's it saying? What's it saying? Jesus is the creator. creator. He was there with God at the beginning, right? And everything that was made, which can kind of throw off our our, uh, thought of who God is, like, how did that work? Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, they're there at creation, and they did it together. I can't even explain that to you. I don't know how that works, right? When it comes to things of God, sometimes you come to that place where you're like at the end of everything you can think of or fathom in your brain. And that's when the powerful thing, that's when you really start getting smart because you stop thinking you have the answer and you simply say, you're God and I'm not, right? But all that God was doing, his agent in creation was Jesus, And that's easy enough now, but that was hard for those guys to stomach because this guy was standing in front of them, right? Now, I'm I'm telling you, if if you're going to follow this guy, you have to believe this is true. So we talked about last week, the implications. I mean, that can be a hard thing to, to swallow because you can't understand it and... It's like a well, right? You're not going to drink the whole well, you would die. But you drink of the well. You, you, get, you get the taste of it, right? That's it is with God. We, we can't get our arms around God and everything that he is and what he can do. But we taste his goodness. Like we know, right? Because he's, he's in us and we, we see him at work and we see his character on display. So here this guy, Jesus, everything was made through him. He's God. What's so cool is all the other people in the world have gods that are either distant who don't care about them, or that are so small they're limited like, like you and I and they can die. Right? Our God, man, he could never die, yet he's so close that he could hang out poolside with you. Right? Amazing. Amazing. So then it goes on to say, in him was life. Like, oh, don't you, anyone want life? I want life. But nobody in church tells us, really, I, we don't get that in our churches, that life is his way. Somewhere along the way, we've got God's way and then my life. And I let him in my life. Anyone got like a buzzer? <clears throat> Wrong answer. Like, he is life. His way is life. Everything else is a joke. So in him was life. You want life? Go to him. And the life was the light of men. The Christian, I mean, right, the Christian, when we're like this, it's probably not what he's talking about here. And that life of God is the light of men. It makes the men say, wow. And the women, what about you? And that's convicting to me because sometimes that whole, uh, you know, religion that we get caught up in is, well, we're just sinners and so somber. Which we are. But, but, the big but, right? The big but, because, but Jesus, and so now we can be excited about it. See, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So you look at the world, and you say, it's dark. 
And your parents looked at the world and they said, it was dark. And your grandparents and your grandparents' parents and your grandparents' parents' parents, every one of us saw that the world was dark. And in some areas, it seems to be getting darker, you might say. The truth is that might be true. However, the light still shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay, let's go home. We're excited now, right? Let's just go. That should be enough. Okay. Now here, I I put some notes for you before we, we go forward, okay? Religion, I'm defining it in my head like this. And this isn't my definition. Religion really is a term we can use for man's attempt to get to God. Right? So we're doing that. Well, I noticed, Corey's like, I noticed we played four songs this morning. Why did you do that? Well, I'm glad that you asked, Corey, because we found when we do two songs, everyone's like, oh, man, I, I just, I needed to melt the week off a little more. Right? We did three. Sometimes that wasn't enough. So sometimes we do four. Sometimes we might do three. It's, it's, it's religion. We're trying to do the best we can to create an environment where we can, we can come here and melt off the week, hear the truth from God, and love each other. And so sometimes we serve coffee so you can stay awake when I'm preaching, right? I don't know. Hey, it's all religion. It's all the things, these ideas that we have. We hope they're from God, but it's probably, I don't don't know the percentage, but we're probably off more than we're right. Are you okay with that? Okay. Just know I don't have the answer. I'm just praying and trying to follow him, okay? Now, the problem is with people in our religious pursuits, we often begin with the best questions, which are this. How do I get to God, right? How do, I, how do I please God? How do I get saved or rescued by God? How do I get back in God's favor? Like, how do I, li- right? These are fair and good questions. What must I do to be saved? But due to the fact that most of us don't see God because we're not trained, so we, we perceive him, we believe him to be invisible. And then the, the circumstances of life hit you and hit you and hit you, Right? And then, and that can be explained by this. There's opposition of evil at play in the world. And that evil uses you in your selfishness to hurt you and others. It uses me in my selfishness to hurt you and myself. And that evil's constantly offering what the world has as a beautiful thing and wants you to grab onto it. Right? And, and, and John explained it like, you know, the desires of your eyes, the desires of your flesh and the pride of of life. So all of that happens, and what ends up happening is our questions change over time. And and that's where we get to these uh, questions that sound a little bit more like this. Does God really care if I do that thing I want to do? Right? That's where the question ends up. Or it's like, he understands why I'm doing what I'm doing because my circumstance. Or, Or it... Or it becomes sort of like, a, hey, what does, it, what does it take for a person uh, to lose their salvation? And, and that's too personal. So sometimes we say, well, what about the guy or the girl who did this? Would they get into heaven? And really what we're asking is like, how far can I go and still get in to God's kingdom? Right? Because I, I feel like there's this, he doesn't understand where I'm at, what I'm dealing with, and why I need to do A, B, and C. So I'm sure he's going to be okay with it. So please tell me, Pastor, right? What, what, where's that line? How do I know if I'm in or not? Oh, I mean, I mean, never mind, my friend. How do I know if my friend is in? He's doing this. And really what we're saying is like, um, you know, that's cool, the religion and stuff, but I want to live my best life now. 
and how far can I go and still end up in heaven when I'm done? And then from that breeds a whole set of things like that question, if God is so good, why is there suffering in the world? Right? When in the beginning, if you go back to that first question, I know that the world is messed up. How can I get saved by God? That's your first question. So now you've actually gone so far, you actually think the world was supposed to be good and satisfying. And if it's not, then God's not good. Do you see how we've done that? We've drifted so far away because of the influence of the world. Um, Now, the other option is this. Maybe you're not doing it that way. Maybe the other side, you get really good at, at following rules, right? Presenting what you want to present, and you hide behind that. And so, as Jesus would say, you know, like a whitewashed tomb. So on the outside, I'm giving this appearance, but on the inside, it's, it's rotting. I'm struggling. As a matter of fact, right, you got David. If you look at the history, guys, if you look in the Bible, you got King David, and he's the man after God's own heart, meaning he's asking God, hey, tell me what you want, Lord. Let me, let me see you and, and know you. And then you have Moses who gets the Ten Commandments and brings those to the people. And here's how you please God. And then they take that and they analyze everything that happened. And they come up with 613 laws. And then from there, the religious leaders made even more. Because 613 is not really going to be that hard to follow every day. Right, Josh? I mean, come on. You got your list and your scroll. Check, 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 check. Right? It's 2.30 in the afternoon by the time you check everything off before you even eat breakfast. Um, What's fascinating about it is 365 of those laws say this, don't do this. 248 of those laws say do this. But what we find here in John and in the scripture is what's usually led with is the don'ts. Right? You You can't pick up your mat. And walk and carry it? Really? And right now it's fun because we're pointing at the Jews. (laughs) But let me tell you about it's still now, right? The people who aren't aren't in, in the Christian faith or aren't in the church, their major complaint is what? It's that we're very judgmental, very critical Christians are, and that their religion is all about what you can't do. But even based on the analysis of God's commands, it's not half, but there's a lot of do this. But we don't lead with that. We lead with do not. So here we go. John 5, 16. Look back in your Bible. I'll have it up here too. And this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. So persecuting, what's that mean? Give me an idea. That's not a word I use that much. Give him a hard time. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah, give him a hard time. And one of the main reasons they're giving him a hard time is because he was doing things on the day he wasn't supposed to. Right? Verse 17, but Jesus answered them, my father is working until now and I am working. What an interesting idea, right? So Jesus, check this out. If we go too fast, we'll miss this. How in the world did he know what the father was up to? Right, did you catch that? He knew what, what, heavenly, what the Heavenly Father was up to. He knew what His Father, He knew what God was up to, and God had something going on. There's our answer, right? It comes into the pool. And everyone like this is hanging out. 
right? Maybe more people than it's in this room. And then he's like, sees this guy. Hey, why? Because he could see what God was up to. He could see where God was working. And he joined God in what God was doing. And he says, how dare you? Like, you're mad at me because of Sabbath? But my father's working. So I couldn't sit back here and say, no, I'm good. Then it goes on to say, it got even worse. This is why the Jews not only were persecuting and give him a hard time, they were seeking all the more to kill him. I don't, we, I don't need to explain that, right? Kill, dead. They, they did it. It didn't work. He didn't stay dead. But they did end up killing him, at least his, his physical body. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father. And that one we can go on about. But what was happening here is he was saying God, who they held in this reverence, um, who they felt they were the protectors of, was his father. And by doing that, calling him his father, he was making him equal to God. And the penalty for that was what? Now, I, I get it, guys, because I, I like church folk. I grew up in church, and a lot of times it's true. I, I see this dynamic happening, and I feel that. I feel like, even for me, right, growing up, you're a little bit like, you're really guilty until proven innocent if you start coming in the name of God. Like, I've seen that if I preach to a different place I haven't been today, they're kind of looking at me like, okay, let's see how we can disqualify this guy. Let's wait for him to slip up. Or the first time you visit, sometimes you'll come in and be like, that dude's not wearing shoes today. That's a little weird. I don't know. I think I should, right? Like, it's that sort of like, we don't do that. So I get that. I get why. Somewhere along the way, it's like, because of some of the scripture, we want to protect God. Which, how silly does that sound? Like, God can't, like God can't strike down false prophets with lightning, right? Like, it doesn't matter. Bad kings he took out, bad nations he destroyed, bad people he took out. He can do that any point in time if you really believe he's God. But yet, we find comfort in creating institutions to protect God. And then when God came, they killed God, <laughs> trying to protect God. How many times do we do that? God's trying to move something and we kill it thinking we're defending him. Verse 19, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord. What? Okay, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll make the other thing small and make bigger what I want you to focus on. The son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. Somebody put it, put it in someone else's words other than me. Anyone want to share? What does that mean to you? What's that say about Jesus, about God? Jesus reflects God. Jesus reflects God. What's that, something else? Oh. Jesus is God. Anything, what do you see about God, about Jesus in that verse? God first, then Jesus. God first, then Jesus. 
They're intimate with each other. Jesus is the word, so when God speaks, Jesus moves. What else? What do you guys see? There's not really, this is not a, a one, not rhetorical, and, and two, not, there's not a wrong answer. I want to see what this, what you see here about Jesus, about God. They're the same. So Jesus is our perfect example. He humbled himself before God, and it's as an example to us to do the same thing, right? He's like, man, I, I might be God in, in man form, but I'm only doing what the Father is having me do. Yeah. He's just like his father, right? You see that even in, even in, in humanity, right? Like we, if we can become like our father, there's a... There's a Tendency or our parents, we follow along that, yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent, right? Well, well, check this out, okay? So the son, so he's got all the powers of God, right? Like he is God. And I know, I'm trying to get you to understand something I can't understand or explain. But we're just going to trust them, okay? We're going to trust God that this is true. So what's what's Jesus' limitations? His flesh, right? It's still there, right? And... But with God's help, with God's power, he was able to overcome those, right? So, so anything coming at you, the Bible tells us, and unless it's a liar, which I don't believe the Bible's a liar, is that Jesus is encountering a lot of the things that we encountered, right? He had government and political systems that weren't friendly. Uh, there was alcohol, drugs, and sex, just like now. There was money in the pursuit of it, just like now. There was physical ailments just like now. There was pride just like now. There was religion just like now. Violence Violence, just like now. And he had to face all of that. But now he's saying, as I'm facing all of that, what I'm doing, I'm not doing in my own power. I'm doing it because the Father is leading me. Back to what Josh said, as an example Verse 20, for the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. Uh, One thing that stood out there, do you see that? Because he loves the son, he shows him all that he himself is doing. It's that relationship, that intimacy. There's There's a conversation between the two of them somewhere in there, right? And we don't have all the things listed in here, but if you were hanging out with them, what would you watch him do that's getting him to this place where he knew that was the guy by the pool? Right? And, and so the father loves the son, and he is showing him what he's doing. And then greater works, he said, than these he, he will show him so that you may marvel. And that was part of those miracles, right? It caught their attention like, whoa. Okay, this person's either evil or good, but they're powerful. Right? We've got to deal with this. Evil or good, but they're powerful. The problem with us is he's neither in our world. Right? It's just like a story. Like Jack and the Beanstalk. Right? Like that's Jesus has become diluted to that point where we don't see. He's either a crazy man you should run from or God. And your choice is your choice. This indifferent middle where we all live was never the intention. 
And when he came, he caused them to face that, like, whoa. We should either kill this guy or worship him. And follow, yep. So for the father loves the son. And isn't, isn't that huge? Okay? Because understand something. Brandy and I were talking about this. The fear of God is the beginning of understanding. Okay? But what causes us to come towards him is his love. Right? That's, that's like the next level. So Jesus knew the Father's love so much that even though the world came at him, he was like, no, wait a second. I need the Father's love more than the love of fame, money, a woman, friends, stability, all of those things. I need God's love first, and everything comes out of that. See, what I'm, what I'm telling you here with takeaway, what I want to share with you is we can observe with Jesus in his life that he lived with a certain question in his mind and on, on the front of his lips all the time. And it went something like this. Father, show me what you're doing here right now. And what do you want me to do about it? Do you see that? You can see it like, like he walks into that area. I mean, before, I don't know if he came to the pool knowing what was going to happen before if the father and him had a conversation ahead of time, if he knew, just knew when he got there. But did he walk in and was he like, okay, father, what are you up to? And what do you want me to do? And, and something about that led him to that man and had him ask the questions he did. It had him do what he did because the father was working and he should work also. Before I move forward, do you, do you believe my, my conclusion is false or true when I say, based on what I'm observing here, that Jesus is clearly trying to be aware of what the Father is doing and what he's asking him to do? Do you think that's fair? Absolutely. Okay. That's fair. Right? That's the exciting thing about John. Let's watch Jesus, what he did, and find out if we're supposed to do it too. Okay? Now, that's the next question. That was Jesus' reality, but does it really apply to us? It's a fair question, right? Okay, you, you have a thought. Now let's take a look at this. John 14. Okay, we're jumping ahead a little bit. You guys like that? You like cheating, going to the end of the book a little bit, right? No, what happens? Okay, good, good. John 14, we're running ahead. Jesus says this later on in his ministry. 1412, if you're taking notes. Truly, truly, I say to you, which means what? Like, abs- I'm not kidding you. I'm not pulling your leg. I'm not joking. Like, this is serious. I mean it. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. I'll drink to that right there, water. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And then he goes on to say, and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. And, And we can get... We'll, we'll kind of get back to that. But the point is, Jesus was here as, as one man, even though God, he was present at this time because he took on human form in one place. Now, God was present everywhere, but Jesus was present in that place. And so if, the, if you as a person wanted to talk to Jesus, you had to get in line. The cool thing about Jesus' ascension into power and giving the Holy Spirit, not only to roam over the land, but to live in those people who believe and follow him, is Jesus can be everywhere talking to you and I at the same time, leading us. 
That's great news. Instead of Chris is over there like, Will, can you stop talking to Jesus? I need to talk to the guy. It's like me after the sermon. There's the line, hey, I want to ask Will, good luck, right? Yeah, there's a line. So, um, But we are, based on Jesus' own words, he goes, I'm doing this because you're supposed to do it too. Back to what you said, he is modeling something for us. Well, okay, now let's pretend Jesus' words weren't enough, okay, as if that's true. Um, let's go to Hebrews 4. And all the, the Sunday morning Bible study will love this because we put little Hebrews. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Like, so, is, guys, you were studying this. Is this like a future thing or is this a now thing? It's a now thing. Let you and I, we can draw, we can draw with confidence towards the throne of God where the Lord is. And it's a throne of grace. And that we may receive mercy and find his grace and help. I need help. What are you doing, God? What am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to deal with this? Like, he's saying do this. Right? Okay, now, let's even take it old school. Jeremiah, right? The prophet. Jeremiah 33.3. Call to me and I will answer you. This is before Jesus came down to hang out with them. And they're like... Call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you the great and hidden things that have not known. God is telling his people, ask me. Call on me. I will answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you don't know. Remember our small brain? Our blind eyes, our deaf ears where we can't see or hear? Yeah. It's supposed to be that way. So we call on the one who can see and hear, which is God. Luke 11, 9 through 10. Who said this? Anyone know if it's in Luke 9? Luke 11, 9? And I tell you, Paul. <laughs> right? so, so you see this like, and I tell you, ask, it'll be given to you. Jesus, once again, is telling us. Like, I tell you, ask, it'll be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it'll be opened. Like, tell me, tell me about God from this. Tell me about God, who he is, about his characteristics from this, these verses. He wants us to come to him. He's gracious. He's what? Not a hidden God. What was back here? Available. Did you say something to him? Oh, no. Yeah. He cares about us. He helps us. He's approachable. He's, approachable. He's rich. He's rich. Yeah. Do we th- do, can we be honest? Do you, do you see God like that? Or if somewhere along the way we've got it twisted in our head a little bit? See, that's what I'm excited about, John. What if we just looked at this and like, what does it mean to be a Christian? Who wants in? Right? Okay, but before you say yeah, let me tell you what, what happens. This is the way this works, right? This is what it's like to be a Christian. Before you say, yeah. And this is one of those things. You're not supposed to know everything and see everything. You're, you're, uh, you know, you're a finite, limited human being living in one country at one point in time in all of human history with every limitation possible. Like, the plan was for you never to be that awesome. Right? 
but you have access to the one who is all that awesome. And in you, then you start to glow in some weird way. Now, James. Okay, Will, give us some more scripture. You got it. I'm glad you asked. James 1. James is the half-brother of Jesus and, and a leader of the church, right? He's writing to Christians. So this, apply, this can apply to all of us if you're a Christian. James 1, 5 through 6. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. See, he's not mad when you ask. And, and without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Okay, there's a lot there to break down, but I want you to think of it this way. Don't come to him doubting that he will answer you. And if that thought has got in there, we got to get it out. Like Drano that, but don't really, but like spiritually Drano that thing out of there. Because that's a bad thought. You think that you're supposed to not need help. You are. So what, I, what I'm proposing to you is this reality. Life as a Christ follower should look like this. It, it should be that question should be on our minds and on the tip of our tongues. Father, show me what you're doing here right now. And what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Because when you don't do that, you go to that pool like Jesus did, and you think you've got to heal everyone or no one. If you ask your friend, if Jesus asked a friend, what would his friend have told him? Okay, it's Saturday, you're walking over by the pool. He's like, I, I think I'm going to go heal that guy. What do you think his buddies, his Jewish buddies would tell him? <laughs> Don't do it. Why? It's against, it's against the law, right? It's against the, it's the Sabbath. Like human wisdom would say, Jesus, let's come back tomorrow. Right? Right? But he didn't ask people. Okay, this is a sermon at me. Don't ask people, Will. Ask God. And God said, nope, now it's going to do. But, but Father, nope, now it's going to do. Okay, well, what do you want me to do? Say this to him. Okay. Do you want to be healed? And the guy's like, what? Of course, but no one can carry me. Okay. Okay, then get up and walk. No, like, no abracadabra thing, right? Even our religion, we're always like, oh, tell me how to get him healed and say it this way. And Jesus is like, get your mat and walk. So unspiritual. So unfancy. Absolutely no thou's or those or in Jesus' name or... Name. Right, yeah, right. In me, right? Like, it's just, oh, but I think that's what's exciting. So I don't want to belabor it here. What I want to do is two things, okay? We are, we're going to invite the praise team to come back up. They've got a few more songs for us. It's beautiful for a time of reflection. So something that I want to present to you very clearly is this, right? You are, as a Christian, if you'd like to be, okay? If you're a Christian now or if you would like to be. The way that this works is that is not you signing on the paper to say, I know everything. You're signing on a paper that says, I really know nothing. But I'm accepting the one who knows everything. 
Okay? It is a relationship that happens. But here's what's cool. Let me show you the next thing that happened here. Also in John 14, before they go forward here, I pray for you. John 14, 25, these, this is Jesus speaking again. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. You see that? They were there because God was with them saying, Jesus, what should we do? And he said, let's go here, right? At the, at the uh, wedding feast, right? In Cana, he turned water into wine. Well, what do we do? Okay, get these containers filled with water. Okay, right? Now, Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. Okay? Here's a miraculous thing, guys, and I can't even tell you how it works. Okay? But now that Jesus ascended, right, he was killed, like died. His body died. He was buried. But, the, but his spirit, his soul, whatever, however you want to explain it, the permanent part of him didn't die, clearly, right? And what he did is he conquered death. He was resurrected from the dead to be an example because you and I, if we're in him, if he's our Lord, we also, our bodies will die if Jesus doesn't come back for us before then, but we'll be resurrected from the dead. That's pretty awesome. And what seemed like bad news is Jesus is like, I've got to go to the Father. And they're like, you can't go. Who are we going to ask? He goes, I got something better. While I was here, you talked to me. But now I'm going to go to the Father. He's going to send you the helper, the Holy Spirit. How much God is the Holy Spirit? All God, right? And, and so it's this miraculous, mysterious thing. God's presence is everywhere, but he also lives inside of you, like permeates inside of you. So when you're asking that question, God, what are you up to? And what do you want me to do? If you're a believer, you don't say, God, send a fire, or a fire, you know, some fire from heaven or lightning or something to tell me. You have God is all around us and in us. Like, Lord, what are you up to? What do you want me to see or hear right now? What do you want me to do? How cool is that? The Bible calls this walking in the Spirit. You are, as a Christian, you become born again in the Spirit. And now to walk is to live. So you live in the Spirit. It is, okay, Lord. There's no hiding for you because you live in me. So what are you up to and what do you want me to do? It sounds simple, right? It's the hardest simple thing you'll ever do. Really, it is. It's the hardest, simple thing you'll ever do. So we're going to play some music. I'm going to pray for you. Let me, let me put this out there. Maybe you can call it a not-so-old-fashioned invitation. If you are on the fence about Jesus, about whether to accept him, whether he's real, and you want to talk more about it, when we play the music, would you come talk to me? If, if you're like, you know, I've been fighting it, but it's time because I want to, I want to be with God. I want him with me. I want to walk with him. And today is the day that you want someone to celebrate that with you and pray with you. Would you come see me too? And if, if there's enough people, then I'll get Josh and some of the elders and, and we'll, we'll come help. But, but you, you need this. You need to walk in the spirit. And I'm telling you, man, this world 
it, it may be getting darker and darker. Maybe it's just we're seeing it more and more. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not the judge of that. But I know from what the Bible tells me is the light has not gone away. And the light overpowers the darkness. And so if you want the world to change, then the Christians change. And we, we shine brighter. And we overcome all the darkness around us. That even though the walls are falling down, a kingdom is being built. If you want to be part of that, then what you do, and you say yes, and we, we begin to talk about it, okay? So please come talk to me. Any questions, concerns, you need prayer? And I'm just going to start off the prayer, and then they're going to play gently for a little while, so you can begin to pray, and we'll just go from there. Father, thank you so much. Lord Jesus, how cool it is to watch your life, to see what you did. And even though you were God, you didn't do anything the Father didn't have you do. Man, I want that to be said about me. Oh, that will. He kept doing what God was asking him to do. So, Lord, I pray in particular for, for us, for the brothers and sisters, Lord, and all the people who are visiting who are like, man, I, I might want in. Would you, just, would you just work in them, Lord, that you would just surround them with your spirit, that you would hug them and, and bring them into the fold with the rest of us, that they would want to be Christians and walk in the spirit, Lord. I pray that you would do that, Lord. Please. And for those who believe, Lord, can you, can you drain all those bad parts of our brain spiritually, Lord, where we think we can't come to you. We think we have to have the answers. We think we're God's judge. Just melt that away, Lord, and make us people who, who love and are humbled and realize that we'd be nothing without you. We bring you glory today, Lord. Hear the words of these songs as prayers sung, celebrations, and hope. I come to you, Father, because of Jesus, who saved me.